Today's episode's going to be a little bit different. Welcome to a Horror Borealis Radio Theater. In the initial recording of this episode, it did play out in much the same fashion as all of our other episodes, and then a horrible thing happened where our audio was completely mangled uh, when we went to listen back to it, because Audacity is... Not without its flaws, but you know, we all have our bad days. This was audacities. More like <laughs> flaw audacity, am I right? Hey. Um, anyway, our audio was chewed up just horrifically. So what we did at the time is I spent many a painstaking hour <laughs> reconstructing the bits and pieces that I could find into essentially um, a written novelization of the finale of Spawn Song. And so what we are going to do for you today to maintain the proud tradition of this as an audio fiction podcast is to uh, perform the dial, the scripted version of the novelization of the original recording of our tabletop game. Yeah, now you get to see how bad I am at reading. It's been through some layers. Tim, I think you're pretty good at reading. Not out loud. You you know all the words. Yeah, that's true. Eventually, that's true. <laughs> They're your words. You wrote them, just in a different form. I wrote them in my brain with my mouth. <laughs> your brain and mouth wrote a these. collab. Congrats. <laughs> <laughs> this has been a Tim Werner Tim Werner collaboration from Werner and Werner Studios. <laughs> oh, the Werner Brothers. You might stop uh, it. Uh... I'm done now forever. Um. Yeah. So. My brain really wants me to do like a like a Vincent Price sort of like spooky introduction there. Please voice, do. I'm going to refrain, going to resist the urge because I have many, many things to read. <laughs> so we're not going to be doing a character voice for that. Perhaps not. So uh, sit back and enjoy the show. Martha stirred from a restless sleep in the back of Siobhan's old van. It would have been impossible for her to tell you, upon first waking, what exactly happened to pull her out of uneasy dreams. No sound had interrupted her, no bright light streaming in from the pre-dawn Alaska sky. It was only just before daybreak, and the woods only hummed with their usual soundscape. But the moment itself was significant, and maybe that was enough. The egg was hatching. At first, she wasn't even aware it was happening. There was no cracking or chirping, obviously, to signal this event, but soon there were one, two, four, eight legs pulling a hand-sized translucent spider out of translucent. the on <laughs> Yeah, I mean, have you, ever, have you ever seen a baby spider before? They're like... No, because they're, they're translucent. Not invisible, well, they're Andrew. Not in- they're not invisible, no. Uh, I hate that. Thank okay. you for that contribution. Sorry. Yeah, no, I figured you might, but no, 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 it's fine. It's, it's cool. We don't need pacing. What's that? <laughs> Please. Out of the deflated envelope of the orb that had held her attention for the past 24 hours, it looked strangely delicate, even beautiful, in a way that maybe only something that has just emerged into existence before your eyes possibly could be. Looking at it was a bit like looking at a ghost, except that instead of the specter of the recently departed, this thing was the specter of the only just now arrived. It looked at Martha with its many unblinking eyes, and she once again felt an undeniable pulse of certain strong emotion. Recognition. 
Martha found herself staring for a moment in shocked silence. My sweet Jeffrey. Jeffrey. <laughs> yeah. So that's cool. <laughs> <laughs> I like the name. Jeffrey? Jeffrey. <laughs> that's like, that's a fun reveal. Sweet Jeffrey. <laughs> oh. <clears throat> Martha bolted out of the van and into her house, leaving behind her tiny boy. My big boy. <laughs> her big boy to find where Siobhan and Mariah lay sleeping as she had taken her shift. She quickly roused them both, urging them to wake with a note of alarm in her voice. Mariah, Siobhan. Uh. What's going on? Mariah pulled herself upright, rubbing the sleep from her eyes as Siobhan did the same, with considerably less lucidity. As is, uh, as is. <laughs> what? Is everything okay? Uh, so you know that thing that we're trying to, uh, to hatch? Um, well, it's hatched. Martha laughed nervously. What? Mariah was now very awake. Yeah. What? What happened? Are you okay? What's going on? I mean, uh, it's hatched. Do you want to see it? Yes, I, uh, yes. Yes. Mariah struggled for a moment, visibly fighting the distaste roiling just beneath the surface as her voice actor did the same, <laughs> but dutifully pulled herself to her feet to follow Martha back out to the van with Siobhan following behind. His name's Lil' Jeffrey. You... I named it. You named it? Yep, I named it. Why would you name it? Siobhan sighed, exasperated. All right, we'll talk about that later, said Mariah. It's so cute and little. Martha persisted. I mean, just look at it. That's not cute and little. That's large and imposing. <laughs> That's awful. Also, I hate spiders. Why are you making me look at this thing? You wanted to see it. I know, I know, I know. I'm sorry. Um, you're right. I'm sorry, dude. I just, I lashed out. It's just, um, what do we want to do with it? You know that we can't keep it, right? Siobhan fixed Martha with a tense expression. Martha's face grew sullen and distant. She already knew the answer, but asked the question anyway. Why can't we keep it? It's a wild animal. Siobhan's voice was stern, but not unkind. You don't know how big it'll get? What What are you going to feed it? Are you going to take it on walks? Giant flies? I mean, I guess. I don't know. Okay, yeah, sure. Let me just run down to the PetSmart and pick up a bag of giant flies. Okay. No, Martha, no. Well, let me just... I think we're overlooking the important part. Mariah interrupted. Which is to say, what do we do with this? This is something's baby. It's my baby. Uh, <laughs> no. <laughs> uh, was that Tim or was that Martha speaking? No, that was Tim. That was Tim. So, okay. Okay. Both. Oh, I think it's, <laughs> maybe it's here. Okay. Yeah, they're both, speaking maybe. at the same time. Okay, this, the same mouth. This yeah, is about to be Mariah. True. Okay. Something laid this egg. Something's probably looking for it. Can't see that ending well for anyone involved. 
With no small amount of hesitation, Martha agreed, and the hunters set off to the difficult task of deliberating their next move. It became apparent that, while they did in fact have time and circumstance working against them, they did at least have the small blessing of the only known genetic replica of whatever awaited them in the woods. They could use this chance to prepare themselves. Mariah's investigation revealed a few things she was unhappy to know, but happy to at least know in advance. Namely, that it moved nimbly and gracefully on legs quite long compared to its body. She anticipated this translated into a fairly long combat reach, should it come to that, and that its pincers produced what was likely a venomous substance. I don't love that. I don't love that. <laughs> Is what, what do you love about it so far? Could you just maybe enumerate um, that for me? Well, does it have, like, angry eyebrows? Oh, yeah, so many of them. At least eight. They're all drawn on. You have no idea who did this. Here's the thing. Your search um, did not revolve. I, I think I do. Not, it was Martha. I, yeah, it was me. <laughs> I don't have hackles, but they are somehow still raised. My hackles are raised. <laughs> I am uncomfortable. <laughs> do spiders have hackles? Okay, what this is manifesting into is like my shoulders being somewhere up by my temples. And okay. I am going to pinch a nerve, I'm afraid. Like, I'm afraid I'm going to accidentally... <laughs> Okay. Bring those hackles back down. Trying. And uh, right. <laughs> most significantly of all, and perhaps most troubling, as useful as it was, was the complete comfort and calm the little creature exhibited as long as Martha was present. Before they could take too much time to linger on this fact or its implications, Siobhan's radio crackled to life. And what does the radio say? Well, nothing. It's a radio. <gasps> da well, the person on the other end says something, though, if you'd like to know that information. All right, what does the person on the other end say? Because I would like to know that <laughs> can information. I, can I maybe keep reading this instead of just... I guess. It's not like I, you know, wrote out this entire script in advance. It's not like we've done this already. <clears throat> it's not like we've done this <laughs> <laughs> See, that's the thing. I thought I was out of spider hell, and now I'm finding myself thrust back in. And I well, thought I was back. out, but you found a way to drag me back in. To spider yeah, hell. Right? Like, can you imagine? Any other arc that we would have had to do this for would have been preferable. <laughs> Ooh, okay, yep. <clears throat> it's, well, anyway, <clears throat> just to kill the suspense here, because I know it was building, uh-huh. Park Director Kennedy's voice comes through on the other end of the radio. Ooh. I know. Wow, what a twist. Gruff with a combination of radio static, the early morning hours, and a lifetime of similarly sleepless nights. O'Shaughnessy, got what you asked for. It's up here at the park when you're ready for me to show it to you. All right, yeah, I'm on my way. Siobhan holstered her radio and looked to her colleagues. Without hesitation, they climbed into the van, with Martha taking a seat in the back next to the seemingly unbothered... Jeffrey. Sweet boy. The commute, familiar enough by now passed quickly, each person's thoughts keeping them too preoccupied for conversation. In what seemed like no time at all, the van pulled up to the ranger station. Kennedy stood outside, arms crossed expectantly. He was wearing his usual unreadable expression and an unfamiliar object slung across his back like an old-fashioned shield. Siobhan turned off the vehicle and stepped out to meet him, with Mariah close behind. She distrusted government agencies as a whole, especially one at the apparent center of so much unusual activity, which, to be honest, is a godsend at this point, because it's not like I've been trying to raise suspicions about this agency for the past, I don't know, seven episodes now? (laughs) I've had other things to worry about, leave me alone. (laughs) Yeah, I I guess you've been kind of busy. 
Yeah, give us a break. <laughs> you work the there. Director, okay. Sorry. The park director raised an eyebrow at the sight of the van and Siobhan's unrecognized companions. Did you guys get a Groupon or something? Sorry, uh, what? Siobhan joked metafictionally. <clears throat> a Groupon, <laughs> Kennedy reaffirmed. Sorry? That's what I would call coupons if you got them for a group of people all at once. <laughs> well, that's pretty good, sir. You should send that one into the patent office before somebody else grabs it up. Yeah, I'm a busy man, and also I really don't care. <laughs> <laughs> I keep reading ahead and losing my mind. I'm sorry. <laughs> he turns attention to Mariah with a watchful eye. Hmm. You a friend of Siobhan's? Yes, and who are you? Park Director Adam Kennedy. I run this ranger station. I look at him suspiciously. <laughs> okay, and he is telling the truth, despite that move that you try to use at every possible moment. He is, in fact, Park Director Adam Kennedy. Wow. Yes, I know. <laughs> Wouldn't it be wild if he weren't, though? This would be, like, such a great moment. Okay, but I wanted to specify, because I almost never do, that on my character sheet, I, it does say that I have suspicious eyes. <laughs> I'm just imagining uh, that they're, like, constantly shifting back and forth. They are, and they're always a little bit narrowed, as if to say, mm-hmm. hmm. Hmm. That's why Can when I imagine? looked at him, that's why when I looked at him, I said, hmm. <laughs> Can you imagine how much it would have thrown off my entire campaign if that had been, like, a, a long-running reveal that I was trying been, to pull yeah, off, no and you just right there. Amazing. <laughs> He's lying. His name is not Adam. <laughs> okay. Yeah, his middle name is Adam. What? Okay. Um, let me, uh, shift back into my character voice that is definitely yeah, not just my regular voice when I'm tired. Um, <laughs> Quantum leap back into the 90s and uh, mm-hmm. let us know. What's going on here? Why did you call Siobhan in? Well, actually, Siobhan is the one who called me in, so seeing as how neither of us have all the answers. Okay, well, let's just catch everyone up to speed. The softball thing from the park, the egg, it was an egg. Is a it's a spider egg, and if it's this big, um, and I'm holding up my hands to estimate the size, and you know, wave my fingers a little bit, um, <laughs> then the mama must be gone at least. And I throw my hands all the way up in the air like I just I'm I'm t posing. <laughs> I'm just t posing for dominance. T pose for dominance, uh, and it's got to be at least this big. Director Kennedy, so that's why we need some sort of special equipment to take it or move it or both and and make it safe somewhere else. (laughs) Uh, He respects the dominance and authority of your T-pose and acknowledges. Yeah, all right. Understood. It's clearly not native to this area. Mariah added. The park director regarded her with slight derision. Rude. Thank you for that. Hmm. And, well... Siobhan attempted to refocus the conversation. There's someone else? I I guess there's two someone else's in the van, and that's a little bit of a uh, special situation there, maybe. Ominous. Mariah muttered. Kennedy couldn't help but agree. Siobhan gestured to the back of the van and led her boss around, pulling open the doors to reveal Martha sitting with Jeffrey's tank, focused intently in the way a stranger might simply mistake for being lost in thought, but an informed observer would know to be her curious supernatural connection. Well, Kennedy replied after a brief pause and an amused smirk. You told me the mama would be at least 
this big, but uh, she looks just about human size to me. So, what's the situation? Well, well um, she sort of um, bonded, we think. Siobhan answered, choosing her words carefully. I could see that. You guys find anything else out? Where the big one is or what we're dealing with? Mariah regarded him suspiciously. Hmm. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> hmm. <laughs> you seem pretty ready to just accept this. I'm not trying to imply anything, but you just seem confusingly open-minded about this whole thing, that's all. The director regarded her thoughtfully for a moment and gave an eventual nod. I'm not particularly concerned with questioning what I see right in front of me. That's not the first weird thing I've had to deal with, and it's not going to be the last. Alright, that's fair. I make a mental note that he's seen some weird stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Ask about Bigfoot later. Okay. (laughs) Thank God. That goes in your handy-dandy notebook, huh? So, what's the deal? Kennedy continued, looking back over pointedly at Martha. You have some sort of tete-a-tete with this thing? An uncomfortable silence suddenly fell over the hunters. Siobhan and Martha exchanged a loaded glance, each trying to read the other for some betrayal of information, while Mariah looked on with the sudden uneasiness of one who feels they aren't quite in on the joke. Kennedy sighed and rubbed his temples before addressing the group again. All right, listen. Clearly there is a lot that has not come to light here in many various conversations, and I am as much in the weeds as anybody, but what I do know is that we are operating on something of a time limit here, and if you are here to assist with that situation, then so be it, but I'd much rather get to the part where we're all helping each other out on this. Okay, that's fair. Sure. Mr. Kennedy, all I know is that this is a spider. (laughs) And right now it's calm. Um, I don't know if that'll change. You know what? I'll take it. Kennedy looked to Siobhan and slipped the object off of his back, displaying it for the ranger and her partners to see. It was a disc of sorts, roughly the size of a hula hoop, but filled with a sort of sturdy canvas material stretched along the frame. It wasn't easy meeting your deadline, but I got on the phone and managed to get a hold of one of these. <gasps> Toys! <laughs> <laughs> um, while he maintained a certain sense of composure, it was evident that Kennedy felt similarly. He tugged on the frame, twisting it ever so slightly between his wrists, and it sprung into shape taking on the form of a cabana-type structure with an entrance on one side large enough to comfortably fit a horse standing up. Easy to carry, but durable like you wouldn't believe. They don't make knives that can cut through that stuff. It's cool and dark in there and should even calm the bug down a bit once you take care of it. They just finished testing these things out and it seems pretty effective, so I know it's not perfect, but if you can get the thing in here and get it closed, then we can at least get to work transporting it somewhere else. Thank you, sir. I really appreciate you getting this on such short notice. Siobhan and Kennedy quickly recollapsed the tent, and Siobhan slung it across her back, ready for action. Don't mention it. I'm, uh, assuming that you three have a plan? Mariah shifted uncomfortably. Martha offered a blank smile. We're 
working on it. Siobhan stated with somewhat manufactured confidence. Well, you're welcome to come inside and use what you need. Seems like the greater good at this point. Are there strings attached? Lady, the nature of my job pretty much necessitates attaching as few strings as possible. There was a momentary pause as Mariah's judgment hung in the air. Mm. I like you. She finally stated. Siobhan turned sharply to regard her with disbelief. Respectable. Uh, what? <laughs> was that Scooby-Doo? Okay. No, that was Siobhan. I was kind of getting a Tim Allen vibe. Yeah. Don't, how dare you bring his name into this sacred space? <laughs> sorry, sorry. I'll, I'll redact it on the recording. Thank you. Well, it is either late and or early, depending on when you last got sleep, but there's coffee inside and it's yours if you want it. I rub my hands together like, ooh, <laughs> <Sorry>. in anticipation. <laughs> Kennedy turned and walked back toward the ranger station, leaving the door open behind him. Mariah followed with, I guess, uh, what, what do you call that movement? That like rubbing your hands together? Is there a better word for that than like an... the horrible thing that mice and rats do? <laughs> it's also a horrible thing that flies do. <laughs> oh, that's true. Don't love that. Anyway, Mariah did that it's and an followed ooh, slightly less than her usual amount of wariness. Siobhan made as if to follow before she was stopped by Martha's voice. Hey, Siobhan, um, can you help me carry this in? Siobhan glanced back toward where Martha stood beside the extremely manageable aquarium containing Jeffrey and nevertheless complied in offering her assistance. You didn't, um, uh, you didn't tell Mr. Kennedy about the things I told you, did you? Martha asked her companion as Siobhan lifted the other half of the, again, extremely manageable aquarium. The ranger sighed. (sighs) No, I didn't. Then... How? I, I mean, what does he know? I don't know how he knows whatever he knows, but for right now, I think it's important that we focus on taking care of this, and we can worry about that once this is said and done. Martha nodded hesitantly, still seemingly unsettled. Inside, Mariah was sizing up the coffee machine with a keen glare, taking careful note of Kennedy's reaction to his own mug and no doubt watching for signs of poison or misdirection. (laughs) Kennedy remained unfazed. Early morning light followed Mariah and Siobhan through the door as they entered the station. Aside from themselves and the director, the building was eerily empty, everyone else either having gone home or not yet arrived. Siobhan pulled a large chalkboard into the lobby and set to work. All right, we know this thing is venomous, and I underlined that on the chalkboard, venomous, <laughs> and pretty weak to fire, and I'm going to write fire, circle it and cross through it, no fire, um, <laughs> but then I put a check next to it because that seems like we shouldn't use fire, but yes, we should use it fire. It doesn't like the fire, but we like the fire. We like the fire, it does not like the fire. <laughs> is this like your typical classroom <laughs> protocol, because I'm getting a small taste of it. <laughs> students get every day and it's a little confusing first of all rude (laughs) everyone got that so far does that make sense Mm -hmm. martha and mariah nodded so we need to trap it somehow in an enclosed area and, and then get it into the tent so what i'm thinking is we can do some sort of controlled burn to force it into a smaller area as opposed to just burning the entire park right that makes sense Yes, I am realizing that I do not have my hunting rifle with me. I only have my butterfly knife, um, which is in my pocket. 
You don't keep it in your boot? My hunting rifle? <laughs> no, you're nothing. <laughs> um, oh, God. No, okay, so I have my butterfly knife. I don't have, like, a good arsenal that I would like. Okay. All right. Are you realizing this, like, out loud and in character? Um, um, I, ca- I can be. I'm sorry, let <laughs> me... Uh, do that. Um, I don't know how much use I'll be if someone wants to take a shot at this thing. Mariah realized out loud and in character. <laughs> I don't have my usual sort of uh, setup. We, we probably have something around here, so um, don't don't worry about that. Uh, <clears throat> character voice. So the question is, we need to figure out where this thing is now and how to get to it. Or, you know, something along those lines, yes. Is that Kennedy? Um, unlike that? you, I actually have a character. <gasps> okay. So, no, it's pretty good. Wow. Oh, that's not no. Adam Kennedy. Okay, um. that's the second dunk on this episode. <laughs> well, right? for, you, for those of you counting at home, that's two dunks on me. Well, where did you find the nest? Does it make sense to start there? It did make sense to start there. <laughs> Siobhan described the location of the nest and its proximity to the campgrounds, explaining why it was important that relocation happened and soon. While they began to formulate a plan for approach, Martha <laughs> was already turning her mind's eye to the woods, attempting to tune into their quarry. Now, if memory serves, Tim rolled a 14 on that. I so did. Yep, I'm sorry, I keep reading successful. ahead in the script and remembering this. I'm so sorry. Please carry on. <laughs> Stop spoiling it for yourself. Go ahead. Yeah, magic and mystery in here. With a 14, Martha's intuition was sudden and entire. Almost as soon as she opened the channels of her mind, she was flooded with the sights and sounds of the forest. The spider was indeed out there, in the very place they had suspected. The sight of the mangled heap of charred eggs filled the monster's mind with a raw sort of shock and grief that occluded all other thoughts and kept Martha from discerning anything else about the creature's plans, if indeed it had any. Oh, well, who did that? Whose <laughs> bad, dumb idea was that? <laughs> you know, it was so long ago. It would be hard to say. It was so say. long ago. I don't remember. <clears throat> so strong and certain was her connection, though, that Martha did feel she might be able to get across some sort of message, probably because those were the instructions that the Keeper gave to Tim at the moment. Yeah. Um... So in this situation, I don't really want to say, like, we have your child. Yeah, we have your awesome. child, and now <laughs> we're coming for you. That's, that's taken. Yeah, <laughs> I have skills, a certain set of skills that I've acquired over a long career. Yeah. <clears throat> but I do want, uh, I, wa- <laughs> I want this mama big spider to know that her baby is fine. Okay, great. <clears throat> With a deep breath, attempting to center her thoughts and project a feeling of calm, Martha probed the connection between herself and the giant spider. Your baby is safe. He's here. No harm will come to him. He's not with the others, whoever they were. (laughs) We have him. In the same way she had been receiving emotional imprints and sensations from the baby spider and the egg before him, Martha now felt the full weight of the mother's confusion. Alarmed and bewildered, there was no way for this creature to understand. Safe, Martha tried again. Calm, here, quiet, safe. A feeling of 
relief and recognition came back, relaxing somewhat as understanding finally dawned on the mother. Then she began moving toward the ranger station. Uh, Siobhan? Um, hi, Siobhan? Hi, it's uh, yes. Martha. Hi. Hi, um, Martha. Can I, hi, can I, can I talk to you for a second? <laughs> like, uh, the room maybe over there? Please? Um, yeah. The glances were exchanged and Siobhan nodded, dropping the business at the blackboard and going with Martha into one of the offices. As they left... Kennedy looked over at Mariah and jerked his head toward the back hallway. Come on, let's get you armed. Martha closed the door behind herself and Siobhan and began nervously broaching the subject. So, uh, well, I, um, well, the spider, um, I mean, she's. What's going on? Did you see something? Uh, She's on her way. You know, to the station here. Uh, she knows we have Jeffrey. She's, she's what? She's here. Yeah, uh, but I don't think it's you know aggressive. I don't think she's well, coming here aggressively. You can think all you want, but we've still got a big ass spider on the way. Martha was quiet for a moment, clearly <laughs> troubled by the turn of events and by some internal decision. I don't know what to do. Uh, grab little Jeffrey and get ready to offer him up, I guess. Siobhan replied matter-of-factly, striding out of the room without a further thought. Kennedy and Mariah reconvened with Martha and Siobhan in the lobby, newly outfitted with sidearms as Siobhan pulled the recollapsed tent across her back. So, what's the situation? We've got incoming, sir. That is literally the most (laughs) ominous and least helpful thing you could have said. (laughs) Martha... Care to explain? Well, I think the mom might know where Jeffrey is. And I think she's coming here to get Jeffrey. And there it is. So we're going to go outside to meet it so it doesn't, you know, destroy everything? Kennedy raised an eyebrow front porch outside or meet it halfway outside oh halfway we don't want it anywhere near here glad we agree on something kennedy stated with the hint of a sarcastic smile the team piled into the van baby spider and tent in tow and after making sure everyone was appropriately buckled siobhan pulled out navigating the van deeper into the woods in the direction of the nest with no time to lose discussion turned to strategy Knowing they had no hope now of enacting their controlled burn plan, Siobhan began proposing alternative solutions. All right, we could set up the tent and then put little Jeffrey inside of it. And then mom will just walk right in, close the door behind her, you know, like those um, those boxes they set up with a stick and string and then the traps the cats. Yeah, I'm familiar with the concept. Well, kind of like that. Okay, um, but are they going to be safe? Yeah, they'll be safe. It's a humane thing to do. We're not going to kill either of them. Either of them? Any of them? Any of them. (laughs) We're not going to kill either of these two. We're not going to kill any more of them. (laughs) Except the ones you already killed. Any more. Not mentioning any of any spiders which have perished before this point. 
No more will be killed going forward. None of us who have possibly harmed spiders in the past will harm any more than <laughs> they than they already have. They made their way through the woods, quickly navigating the rough dirt path as it wound through dense copses and paralleled hillsides until they spotted it. The ground wasn't as open here as it was at the campsite with the nest, but it would have to do. The spider lingered among the trees, visibly cautious about the approach of the vehicle and only slightly smaller than the van itself. It's oh, really- that's not as big as I was picturing. Yep, all okay now. No, 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 no. I'm relieved that it's only van sized and not bigger. <laughs> I was picturing like, you know, gigantic pool like olympic size swimming pool size just a regular normal honestly i was too still not good oh it's still too big for any spider to be any size is too big for a spider to be but like absolutely (laughs) at the approach of the van the spider scuttled back slightly Mm. the van sorry Sorry, do you want me to use a different word is scuttled bad no i mean it's scurried i pro (laughs) I don't know which I'd prefer. Just keep going. At the approach of the van, the spider tap danced back. (laughs) 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 The spider performed an excellent double time step. (laughs) The spider did a triple axel backwards. (laughs) The van pulled off to the side of the road and Siobhan immediately climbed out, hastening into the clearest part of the ground and erecting the tent. Martha grabbed Jeffrey's tank and, with some hesitation, placed it inside, stepping back slightly and reaching out with her mind once again to find the mental connection she had established earlier. She found it, and with it, the giant spider's emotions, which once again became her own. Wariness, confusion, and curiosity filled her mindscape as she became aware that the loudly idling van and the unfamiliar structure, as well as Siobhan's presence, all contributed to a tension in the air. Step back. It's nervous. Siobhan obliged, keeping an eye on the spider as she retreated closer to the van. A breathless silence hung in the air as everyone watched. It quickly became apparent that the spider had no plans to approach the tent. Martha frowned and moved closer to the tent, desperately trying to determine how to move forward. She stepped inside and retrieved Jeffrey's tank, gently tipping it on its side to allow him to climb out and hoping that the removal of the aquarium would prompt the mother to come forward. Instead, Jeffrey followed. Martha stepped back out of the tent, and again, Jeffrey followed. She sat down next to the tent, and the little spider crawled up into her lap. Perplexed and alarmed, the larger spider began to move forward, approaching the edge of the tree line. Jeffrey showed no signs of recognition, content to remain with Martha, but utterly unfazed by what should have been his evident parent. Have you guys seen Harry and the Hendersons? No. No. Uh, me either, but I know, like, the the general thing. They say, like, ah, get out of here. We you don't big... want you no more. Oh, yeah, you big yeah. dumb animal. Like the... Yeah. Oh. yeah, I'm pretty sure it's about spiders. Yeah. No, it's not. <laughs> it's about big hairy to... spiders. We might have to do that. Yeah, that's hairy. We have to. <laughs> and the Hendersons. Then we have to do the free willy. Mm-hmm. I hate it. Oh, okay. Go, willy, go. Just keep going. Jump. Just keep going. I'm breathing again. You can do Increasingly it. Increasingly distressed. Martha attempted to pick up Jeffrey and place him on the ground, but the baby spider remained stubbornly unaware of the situation. So I have a question. 
How do you okay. have a question now? Yeah. Like, so, a, like, this is a year after we recorded this No, episode. so, like, I was just thinking about picking up a spider. And, like, because uh-huh. you're going to be picking it up on the legs, right? Because, like, there's no part of the body that doesn't have legs, It doesn't legs, have a right? handle. Do <laughs> No, but, like, yeah. you know how, like, dogs you know they have a space in between their legs yeah called their body well spiders <laughs> <laughs> spiders have humans like, have the same thing yeah we're but not like, so different you and i <laughs> no i'm just saying like when you pick up a dog you just get their body but then mm. when you pick up a, a spider do you get all those legs in there too i think you're doing like a scoop em up okay you you could either scoop up the boy or you could lace your fingers in between the leggies and just pick them up. That's true. <laughs> Once again, increasingly distressed, Martha attempted to pick up Jeffrey and place him on the ground, but the baby spider remained stubbornly unaware of the situation, clinging to Martha's presence. Biting her lip, she looked back briefly at the van and reached out mentally to Siobhan. Siobhan, it's Martha. I want you to... No. Siobhan thought to herself, anticipating Martha's plan. I want you to come out here no. and, <laughs> and take Jeffrey into the tent. Uh, that's going to bite me. <laughs> He's going to keep coming back if it's me. And the mom won't come over. I think maybe if you do it. All right. Siobhan sighed. She took off her jacket and wrapped it around her hands, using it to pick up Jeffrey with minimal bite risk. As Siobhan picked up the little one, the giant spider reacted visibly, emitting a sort of hissing, clicking sound that conveyed anger and panic, even without the gift of Martha's psychic understanding. Now what? Put him down in the tent and get out of there. Martha advised, backing up herself. Siobhan did so, quickly placing the spider down at the doorway of the tent. The giant spider rushed forward, charging toward the tent and its baby as Jeffrey attempted to scuttle back out toward Martha. Martha reacted quickly, scooping up Jeffrey and gently but hurriedly attempting to toss him back into the tent. Just as quickly, the mother spider lashed out, striking back at Martha and tossing her back onto the ground. Siobhan, weighing her options, fell back and picked up a small rock, hurling it at the large spider in an attempt to get it away and allow Martha time to recover her position. Instead, it leapt toward her, knocking the ranger down as well. From inside the van, Mariah drew her rifle, trying to quell the panic rising in her stomach as she watched the scene unfold. Before she could open the window, however, Kennedy stopped her, shaking his head as he withdrew a handgun from his holster and loaded it with some sort of sedative. Not part of the original plan, but we still might be able to keep it from coming to that, he added, gesturing to her rifle. Last a shepherd. I'm guessing that's not exactly dosed for giant spiders. That's a joke. I make jokes sometimes. Yeah, I don't usually laugh at them. (laughs) Mm. Despite the circumstances, Mariah couldn't suppress a small, wry smile. The park director reminded her fleetingly, almost painfully, of her old library mentor, Phil. But that may as well have been another lifetime. Outside, Siobhan was getting to her feet, teeth gritted as she prepared to engage again. She grabbed another rock and lobbed it at the spider, this time catching it squarely on the torso. It reeled back, turning its attention entirely toward her as she got to her feet and began running. Go! She yelled to Martha, hoping to buy enough time for the other hunter to maneuver. Get Jeffrey! 
She sprinted back toward the van, having just enough comfortable distance to fling open the back doors and pull herself in. Go, drive! Kennedy quickly climbed into the driver's seat, taking the wheel and shifting it to drive. Drive where? Away! Drive away! We need a direction. It doesn't matter. I'm back here, so it'll follow me. We need to circle back around, get Martha. Martha looked up at the van as it pulled off, the spider in close pursuit. Taking a deep breath, she focused and attempted to cast a jinx on the spider. So it says here that I can cause it to lose something that uh, I'll find soon. Can I make it lose the van? That is an absolutely buckwild interpretation of that description. <laughs> Which, like, I guess on a literal word-for-word level is technically not wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, um, so, like, if I just interfere with what it's trying to do? Yeah, yeah, I think interfering is probably the better well, the better way to do it. You know, if you just want to, like, trip it, we can trip it. It has so many legs. It's very <laughs> The giant spider stumbled briefly, losing its legs underneath it temporarily as it tore through the woods in pursuit of the van. The vehicle gained a slight lead, not ever trying to lose its quarry, but in significantly less dire straits as the spider regained its footing and picked up the chase once more leaving Martha, the tent, and a very scared Jeffrey to figure out their next move. Meanwhile, the van dodged through the trees up ahead, following the path as best as possible while still keeping the spider firmly in the rearview mirror. After a moment, Director Kennedy glanced over his shoulder at Siobhan. O'Shaughnessy, where did you say that nest was? Not far from here, sir. Can you get me there? Yeah. The bottom line is, we need something that spider wants. And... If we can't have one, maybe we can find some others. Makes sense. Siobhan. Martha's voice rang clear in Siobhan's mind. I got the tent and Jeffrey. I'll try to catch up with you guys. The van pulled into the clearing, swerving around to a halt at the far side of the field, just past the crevice where Siobhan had first encountered the eggs. Kennedy hopped out and ducked behind the passenger side of the van, adjusting his tranquilizer as he looked back into the forest. The spider seemed to be about 30 seconds behind them. What all do you have in this van? A cage and a medical kit. How big is the cage? Probably Maybe. about six feet. Definitely not as big as the tent. Maybe it doesn't have to be. Kennedy looked over meaningfully at the nest. You want me to go grab fistfuls of baby spiders? Maybe only a spider. Okay, cool. That's great, That's great then. <laughs> So much better. Mariah took a deep breath and pushed her way out of the car, Siobhan following after her as Kennedy covered them from the hood of her car. In the crevice were the charred and mutilated remains of Siobhan's earlier work, as well as a number of intact eggs and four or five baby spiders still crawling around their new environment. Mariah steeled herself, willing herself to pick up even one egg and run back to the car, but a wave of nausea washed over her, and as she glanced up to see how close the mother spider was, She found her nerve utterly vanished. She bolted back to the car, empty-handed, grabbing her rifle to reclaim some small sense of courage and control. Nope, 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 nope. Siobhan managed to grab two spider eggs and throw open the back of the van, tucking the eggs into the cage at the back. As she did so, the larger spider burst into the clearing, halting briefly as she saw her eggs go into the back of the metal monster she had been trailing. After a brief pause, she began to slowly approach the van. Siobhan backed away, and Mariah retreated from the vehicle, rifle in hand. It was only moments later that Martha, winded from the pursuit, but thankful for the advantage of not being confined to the vehicle access road, 
broke the line of sight at the edge of the tree line, stumbling out into the clearing. It took her a moment to understand what she was looking at, but as soon as she saw the spider cautiously approaching the van, its doors wide open, she quietly retreated, watching the scene unfold from a distance. The last thing she wanted to do was cause a distraction this close to success. For a long moment, no one breathed. They just watched as time crawled to an agonizingly slow pace, the giant spider taking one step, then another, toward the van. Practically twitching with wary anticipation as it locked eyes on its stolen eggs. At long last, it closed the distance, and then one, two, three... All eight legs clambered up into the cage, squeezing its body into the seemingly impossible space to investigate its brood. Mariah and Siobhan closed the doors behind it, finally securing the situation as tangible relief flooded the clearing. Martha stepped out to join the other hunters, and, wordlessly, they set to work opening the tent and setting it up behind the van. Carefully, they opened the van doors and waited with bated breath as the spider climbed curiously out into the tent, sealing the panel behind it. At long last, the deed was done. The tension melted away as the trio and Kennedy set to work carefully moving the eggs and decompressing as the spider acclimated to its new surroundings, as the park director called for a helicopter to relocate both mother and eggs to their new home, deep in the gates of the Arctic and away from human visitors. Martha pulled Director Kennedy aside and asked for a private word. Mr. Kennedy, I... well, first, thank you. Um, so I have this spider... Yeah, I, uh, kind of noticed that. Well, what would, you, what would you do? Because I don't see it being completely safe just, you know, staying with me in a populated area. Martha looked at him pleadingly with a mixture of concern and doubt, seeking answers she was perhaps afraid of. Kennedy sighed, crossing his arms, regarding her with uncharacteristic compassion for a thoughtful moment before speaking. Look, there's a lot that's not easy about making decisions like this. And I think what you have to understand is that the things that we want are not always the things that are best for us or for the people that we're responsible for. In a perfect world, these things would be easy, but in this world, all we can do is what we know is right. I think you already know that you can't keep this thing. If you didn't, this wouldn't be the conversation that we're having. That thing has a home, and unfortunately, it's not with you. It didn't like the other spiders. So, I don't I don't exactly know what its home is at this point. He's still really young. He's been out of his egg for, what, 12 hours maybe? He'll learn. Okay, just make sure he's okay.
Hi everybody, this is your Keeper speaking. Thanks so much for tuning in today and giving us a listen. I hope that you're enjoying the episode so far. It has been an absolute joy to revisit this old piece of audio and turn it into something entirely new. So if you were wondering, this is audio that even our Patreon donors haven't heard yet. This is completely 100% new material, and we're so glad that we had the chance to revisit this part of the story and bring it to life in an entirely new way that we think really adds something to it. Uh, there is a little bit of content still left after this mid-roll, so even though it's later than usual, please resist the urge to turn off the episode entirely. The story does continue, so if you must, go ahead and skip past my voice, but don't skip past the stuff we have at the end for you. There's a really fun little sort of bonus treat, and I think you'll really enjoy the way that it adds depth to the characters and to the story that you've heard so far. Uh, if you are enjoying what you've been listening to, then you can keep listening to our show ahead of our release schedule by going to the Cryptid Keeper podcast on Patreon. Our show started as a Patreon exclusive for the Cryptid Keeper podcast, and you can still hear the entire backlog of it there. There's like 50-ish episodes up right now, so an entire year's worth of content that you can listen to at your own pace, however you desire. Uh, if you don't have the financial ability to give to us right now, or you just don't feel like it, totally understand, we've all been there, you can support us in a million other ways, by just telling people about the show, or leaving us a review onto your podcatcher of choice, or just retweeting and sending us your thoughts into the atmosphere, and wishing us our good, good podcast energy that keeps us going every single day. We live on validation, so by all means, keep giving it to us. <laughs> Speaking of Patreons, you can also become a donor for the OneShot Network Patreon and access a whole trove of incredible bonus content, as well as support a number of really, truly excellent shows. There's some fantastic perks at every level, no matter which of the shows on the network you're interested in, uh, whether we're your favorites, or more likely, if you're a Campaign Skyjacks fan, a fan of the Broadswords, Asians Represent, the Character Creation cast, um, Iron Hides, or uh, any of a dozen others. There is something for everyone, and we think that you will really, really love what these creators have put in over time to make for you. A lot of us are doing this out of the goodness of our hearts and the uh, passions of our free time, so to get a little bit of compensation back is a really sweet treat, and all of that money goes back into making the shows that you love. So the more you give, the more likely you are to hear us for a long, long time. Help us stick around, we sure want to. As always, the part of Mariah Harris is played by Addison Peacock. The part of Martha Campbell is played by Tim Werner. The part of Siobhan O'Shaughnessy is played by Andrew Giada, who also composed our excellent theme music. And I'm your keeper, Alex Flanagan. Make sure to stick around after the jump, and we'll see you next week. Thanks so much. Bye!
Dear Truth Seeker, you know who it is. I'm writing to update you on the latest development in my attempts to uncover the secrets of R and to keep the innocent safe from nefarious forces, both supernatural and governmental or otherwise. If anyone other than the intended recipient is reading this email, you will not be able to find me or understand the information within, so don't even try. Do you remember when we were in sixth grade and we went to the zoo in Anchorage and I got lost and ended up in the arachnid room? This is very sensitive information, but I'm sure you remember that, contrary to my later accounts of events. I cried. A lot. This is relevant information, I promise. I bring this up to remind you how I feel about spiders, particularly large spiders. It's like, why are they so big? There's no practical reason for it, and I don't want them near me, but I digress. Ranger Mom found something in the park a few days ago and brought it to me to investigate. It was small, round, and translucent. As soon as I saw it, you know I knew what it was. An egg. Since I started with that story about the zoo, you can probably guess what kind of egg it was. That's right. A spider egg the size of a softball. And where there are eggs, there are babies. And where there are babies... Ew. If the eggs are that big, how big do you think the mom is? The size of a truck, to answer your question. I did some research on the spiders while Squirrel Girl found a tank for the egg. Not a great option, but spider containment resources in R aren't exactly great. Squirrel Girl started taking care of it, and we waited for it to hatch while Ranger Mom went to the park to take out some of the nest. Fire worked, not surprising, because fire works on most entities except for fire-based or on any aliens from an environment where they may have to be extremely resilient to heat. I'm going to skip around on some of the details because I don't feel comfortable including them in this email, but long story short, we were able to subdue the threat in the park. The babies, I shudder just typing that, were rounded up, as well as the way-too-big mother. Ranger Mom and PDA were able to help subdue them all. Squirrel Girl helped as well, while I mainly stayed back from the action voluntarily to conduct further observation. No, I didn't run away, if that's what you're thinking. As usual, nothing is what it seems. PDA is certainly not what he seems. I don't know what exactly he's hiding, but he's hiding something for sure. Never trust a male authority figure, Z. Except for BB, but he's a special breed. PDA knows more about the supernatural phenomenon in R than he would let on to the general public. He could potentially be an ally down the road, but there's no way to know for sure. I plan to keep an eye on him. Squirrel Girl and Ranger Mom may not be what they seem, either. I know I consider them allies, though Ranger Mom is of course suspect being a government employee. But they've been keeping secrets from me. Time will tell whether or not they can truly be trusted. For now, I'll keep them at arm's length. Squirrel Girl is like us, though, I think. An outcast. A rebel. A seeker of truth. The important thing for you to know right now is there was danger. I helped squash it, but there may be more danger soon. Strange things are happening in our, especially in the park. And there's no way of knowing, except for more research and keeping a watchful eye out, where it will crop up next. I'll see you in our usual place at our usual time for pie and coffee.
We can discuss this further then, and you can ask me any questions you have. Please delete this email as soon as you've read it, and do not reply to it. I repeat, do not reply to this email. See you soon, and trust no one. M. P.S. I love you, dude. Wednesday, April 25th, 1996. Dear Mom and Dad and Eric, Hey, uh, so I know that this is long overdue and very confusing, but I just wanted to check in on you. I can't even begin to express how absolutely sorry I am for leaving without any explanation or letting you know that I'm alright, or even that I'm still alive. I just... I just want you to know that I'm okay. But maybe not today. Um, this sounds absolutely terrible, but I had to come to terms with the thought of never seeing any of you again. And I made that decision... Uh, I made that decision a long time ago, right after the... um right after the collapse, right when we all needed each other the most. And I need you to know that that was the hardest decision that I've ever had to make in my entire life. I chose to distance myself from you to prevent you from harm that I might cause you. And it's only just now that I'm fully understanding that leaving the way that I did hurt you more than I could have ever imagined. Today, I had to choose to leave someone again. And that reminded me of... That reminded me of how much I hurt when I chose to leave you. I thought I was okay. Someone who could be a solid wall, not let my emotions get the better of me. Now I realize that it only takes one faulty brick to topple an entire fortress. I can only hope that you will forgive me, and I know you might not be able to. I don't know when I'll be able to see you again. God, Eric. You might be an illustrator like you always wanted to be when you were young. Drawings were so bad. But you never gave up on them. And they were yours. It's what made them special. Well, it doesn't feel good, doesn't feel right to say goodbye now. But I hope to see you very soon. I love all three of you more than you could ever imagine. Love, Martha. From the Journal of Adam Kennedy, April 26th, 1996. There's a lot of crazy shit they tell you when you join the park service. There's more that they don't. I don't know which is worse.
But then there's really no appealing way to put that on a pamphlet. That was always Eleanor's joke. If the fine print were fine, Adam, they wouldn't have to call it that. Nobody calls me Adam anymore. I sometimes wish I was worse at my job. Or maybe just better at anything else. If I knew how to lean on other people the way I lean on instinct and authority and a good compass, well, things would be different. Maybe not much different. Maybe a man can only ever really make variations on the same mistake. I think people assume I let O'Shaughnessy get away with a lot because I see myself in her. Which is idiotic, obviously. I let Siobhan get away with a lot because I see Siobhan in her. I would never reward my brand of bullshit in somebody else. But anyone who can storm into the National Park in the morning with a crack team of two untrained civilians and walk out a couple of hours later with a dead flesh gate and the same two intact civilians clearly doesn't care much for the laws of nature, let alone the laws of one grumpy asshole in khakis. Especially if those civilians turn around and run back into the woods with her the next time duty calls. She's been at this job nearly as long as I have, but every damn day she finds a new way of doing it. That's something. We got the spider settled, too. In case you were interested in, I don't know, actual details when you look back at this. Ben found a chopper-only access point up north where they won't be bothered. I don't know what we do when those eggs grow up, but... Even the things in these woods can't change the fact that nature runs its course sooner or later. It's better at balance than we are. I hope the psychic's okay. The hatchling was too young to understand, but maybe that's a blessing. With time, it'll forget. It'll grow up with the parent it deserves, and the home it needs, and it won't have to worry about how things could have turned out otherwise. Daisy's up. I uh, promised her that we'd go to the diner before Eleanor comes to take her home. She says the pancakes there are the best pancakes, or at least better than mine. I don't know who made her the pancake authority, but if I can give her the best of anything, I'll do it. I hope it's enough. Mission report. Summary. On Redacted, the egg found in the forest hatched in Revenant, Alaska. I, Park Ranger O'Shaughnessy, decided to use the Redacted Hatchling as a bait to lure its mother into the net designed to transport it deeper into the woods, away from civilization. Complications. Civilian Redacted seemed to have formed a psychic connection with the Redacted Hatchling, going so far as to name it Jeffrey. I believe it is this connection that complicated the mission as Jeffrey did not want to return to his birth mother, having bonded with Redacted. Understanding this, I attempted to return Jeffrey instead of Redacted. But this angered the mother, who in turn attacked me, Park Director Kennedy, Redacted, and Redacted. Conclusion. After a lengthy chase back to the Redacted nest, 
We managed to lure the angered mother into the back of my van, securing the mother and several of her hatchlings in the cage there. The redacted, including Jeffrey, were evacuated to a remote region of redacted National Park where they will remain. Notes. The gates of the Arctic National Park is safe for public access following the events detailed above.